Studio, and here we go with another episode of We Talk Comics number 188. I am the Crown Prince of Charisma, Mo. I'm joined as always by Chief Defender of the Faith, Mr. Brett Podcast, the King of the Casters. Oh, I get so many nicknames now. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. We need to let, let's all add some more. Well, we should add some more because it's the perfect it's the perfect foil to the next guy, the man with nickname, well, Chris. I need a re- relaunch, man. It's been too long since we had a relaunch. I need another one. Well, that's it. This is almost like a mini reboot for us because we haven't been too active lately with a lot of other stuff going on. But we're going to be back regular now for for the upcoming future. And I hope ongoing. And uh, and in order to do that, we thought we'd bring back one of the guys who helped build it, uh, Keith. How are you? Oh, happy as hell to be here. Awesome. <laughs> And we also have a, another special guest. Uh, not that Keith isn't special. He is. People know that. But uh, we also have... At Mr. least his Br- mo- that's what his mother tells me. Yeah, yeah that's right. Mr. Brett Harris. <laughs> I'm glad to, glad to be here. I, I enjoyed the, the first time around. I even enjoyed the uh, second time around that nobody will ever hear. So <laughs> it's, it's great to be back. <laughs> is, is there another <laughs> lost episode? That episode was... Dangerous. We have more lost episodes than we have real episodes at this point. Um, <laughs> but I think we got to figure it out. Uh, where yeah, I sure hope so. Uh, last time we were talking, you had it was you, me, and Chris, uh, Brett, and the, the three of us were talking about um, uh, you know the best movies, kind of from nineteen seventy eight to nineteen or two thousand seven, kind of that twenty year period. Uh, there are best comic book movies that weren't um, you know that were to the theaters and that weren't. Uh, we're pre pre MCU. MCU was a game changer, and unfortunately, uh, like we lost it. And now we're back on. We got more people, so we're going to do a different format. We're going to do the same thing. Last time we we scored all the movies. This time, what I'm going to get do is I'm going to introduce everybody. Have their introduce their top five, and then after that, we're going to record another episode where we do our our bottom five. After everybody goes through and introduces their top five, I'm going to tabulate the scores. I'll give you guys a quick topic to talk about while I'm doing that, and then in the meantime. We'll come back and we'll see what is considered by the five of us and who's more expert than us on everything. The five of us. <laughs> what are the best comic book movies between the kind of Superman and right before Iron Man, 78 to 2007? So I'm going to give mine first. We're basically the American Film Institute of, of uh, comic book movies. Like really, yeah. our list is uh, definitive. Basically. So I'll give my five first, just so you guys get them all. And we're starting at number five. I have the original Spider-Man. Number four, I have Superman. Uh, Number three, I have the Rocketeer. Uh, Number two, I have X-Men 2 or X2 or X-Men 2 United or whatever the hell you want to call it. And number one, I have Superman 2, the Lester cut. Though the Donner cut would probably be number six or seven on my list. That's my top five. Uh, So Brett... (laughs) Because we'll call the other guy Mr. Podcast. Brett? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are your uh, top five movies, please? Uh, my, my top five, number five, is, is the original 78 Superman. Or not the original, but the, the first Christopher Reeve movie. Um, number four is the 2002 Spider-Man. Uh, number three is the, the 2000 X-Men. Uh, number two is Batman 1989. And then uh, Superman 2, uh, 1980. And that's not the Donner cut, it's the theatrical cut. So Superman 2 was your number one as well. Yes. Excellent. So ooh, it's going to be tough. You're going to have an easy time doing the math so far. I yeah, guess. no, that was easy at least. Uh, so I'm trying to write it on my tablet as quickly as possible. And since I can't <laughs> spell anyways, who cares? Uh, <laughs> did, did I go too fast? You need me to... <laughs> no, 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 no. I got them all. I got them all. That's why I'm, I'm – uh, that's why I'm what we call – I'm uh, what we call uh, uh, filling air. Well, it's real. It's really good podcast. If you could slowly walk through them again, though, <laughs> less than two or three times, <laughs> you're just you're absolutely doing a great job, Mo. You you fill air better than uh, fascinating yeah. radio. Again. That's excellent. Yeah. Excellent color commentary, as always, Brett. <laughs> yeah, Keith, crunch a carrot and tell us your top five. <laughs> Well, I, I'm just I'm quickly giving them numbers because I just put five. I didn't put them like from one through five. Uh, this one's going to be really easy for you, Mo, because I almost because I only one of them has been mentioned so far. <laughs> so uh, at number five, I put uh, the crow. At uh, number four, 
Uh, Tank Girl. At number three, Rocketeer. At number two, the Thomas Jane Punisher. And at, num- <laughs> and, and at number one, oh, oh, that's, I already I know it's, it's an out of left field, but it's, it's I love it. Choice, uh, and at my number one, uh, V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. Wow, Keith, very, very good. Excellent choices. Very, Keith, I like thank yeah. God for you. I thought we were using different criteria on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for a second there, I, I did think it was the top five Superman movies between 77 and <laughs> seven for a second. <laughs> I just want you realize we're talking, we're doing top five favorites, not top five worst first. <laughs> top five yeah, hey, you, giving giving credit for at least when to create a little drama. All right. So. All right, Chris, yours. Okay, number five, Ghost World. Number four, Road to Perdition. Number three, Tank Girl. Number two, Sin City. And number one, The Crow. Nice. Well, not Sin a lot City. of not a lot of capes on your list or mine, Chris. No. <laughs> My see, it, it's funny because I I tend to feel the same way as you guys, where we're like we're going through the list, uh, like you know most list and and Brett's list, and I'm like, oh man, my list feels radical. <laughs> Is anything from mine actually going to be listed? <laughs> Thankful, thankfully, we have a couple of uh, crossovers now. Whenever Mo is uh, actually ready for me to to give the list, and Brett, go ahead. Okay, do you mean Mister Podcast? <laughs> Mister Podcast, go ahead. All right. So number five, Captain America from 1979, because I got to give Reb Brown some love. Hey, that movie, movie doesn't count. Yeah. Doesn't count, right? Made for TV. Said released to the theaters. If he gets oh, released. To if the he gets theaters, that, I get oh, Nick Fury, uh, <laughs> Agent of Shield. <laughs> and I get and I get Generation X. <laughs> you guys, none of you get that. It's just that despite not being explained to him three freaking times, including in person. What is in In fairness, in, well, it doesn't matter. I me, wanted to give Reb Brown some in, love, so Reb Brown's getting some. In love. fairness to Mister Podcast, I believe there was a two-week run of uh, of that Captain America movie in the, in the movie theaters just so it would qualify for the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. I'm I'm ready to go with my number with my number six. It will just shuffle up the list. So number five is Tank Girl. Tank Girl, nice. Number four is American Splendor. Number three is Ghost World. Number two is The Crow. And number one is Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Well, now, interesting. I had said live action, Brett. Yeah, no, no animated man. Well, <laughs> do, you read? do you listen? Do you? No, I no. I just look at best movies, and I'm like, well, that's my favorite movie. So, you know, screw you. That's a whole other list. Is the thing. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how you guys come up with the, your list if you're intentionally <laughs> picking ones to to start some fights for the drama. I'm a regular podcast guy. <laughs> But I, I give credit with my favorites. I just go up and look at my shelf. Ooh, yeah, that's a classic. You know, so <laughs> maybe I'm not being edgy enough. What was your number two, Brett? Well, it was the crow. Okay, so now that's number your number one. That means. So it's a cool- <laughs> wait, wait. I mean, he could have something between two and one that he didn't mention. <laughs> no, Brett. <laughs> You want me to repeat other people's uh, picks? So one of them you, you can think of, of, one of them would be your number five, even though it's you basically ruined the entire show five minutes in. Well, good. It was a terrible, terrible. No, I mean, it wasn't. The fact that, uh, okay, so the other ones, Superman and Superman 2, Spider-Man, uh, X-Men, X-Men oh, 2. Oh, there were two what? other Superman movies. Just remember, like, I mean, give him all the ones to go by. Right. Yes, Brett, there were Superman and Superman 2, but 3 and 4 also came out, even though no one has voted for them yet. <laughs> that, that's my other list. <laughs> the Rocketeer, Road to Perdition, Donner Cut, uh, uh, Punisher, V for Vendetta, 
Um, Sin City. Um, well, it's fine. I actually, I actually put another movie on, but I, but I realize now that uh, that it's out of the uh, time zone that you asked for. So that would really throw you for a curiosity. It was Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, God, Brett. Brett, if you could pick one that's not based on a comic, you'd hit the full gambit of every rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm so tempted now. People are we haven't been doing a lot of shows lately. I can't take this stress. How about one that's not in, in English, Brett? We could go that way. <laughs> no, no, I said it has to be English language. Are there any, are there any <laughs> Esperanto superhero movies? My last one. Mo threw me off with the had to be English speaking that that has so much that I just couldn't get the rest of it. Brett's fifth one, the rest Brett's of it fifth one is you, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Take the movie, Brett! <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll take Superman. Okay. Ah, Returns. <laughs> yeah, Superman Returns, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll kill you. Actually, you could have in 2006. You could. No, I'm taking Superman 1. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, Mr. Harris, aren't you glad you came back for this? This is either either number 188 or one, number 191 of this. This is not our first time. And yet... <laughs> You know the, the the thing is what I what I love about your podcast is it's like hanging out with my friends at the comic shop and it's a, and I mean that exactly we have these same conversations where we set up the rules and somebody always breaks the rules so <laughs> and then there's usually a twenty minute digression about the rules so uh, I'm I'm just glad it's not me. <laughs> it's your always list was me. Chris, your list was excellent. If, if you feel any better, I was so tempted to put Superman and the Mole Men on my list, or or Batman sixty six, <laughs> and just ignore that nineteen seventy eight rule. So, uh, Mole Men did have a theatrical release; it would have counted. <laughs> well, what was your topic for us to talk? Okay, about you know what? A movie. You, uh, I, I just thought I brought a movie. I did not think anybody would mention either the worst or the best. Wait, did Brett do his list already? <laughs> did I miss that along the way? <laughs> so how about quickly this well, I can do some adding as quickly as I can uh, Super Supergirl yeah <laughs> I've heard of it yeah yeah. I've heard of it. that's a movie yeah ha- Helen <laughs> Slater I love that's true you do she's very pretty <laughs> I've, I've lost I've lost the thread Mo just said Supergirl out of nowhere and I'm, I don't know what's supposed to be going on <laughs> I think we're supposed to talk about Supergirl, <laughs> and that's that's the only thing I good. That's the only thing I can say about Supergirl is I had a huge crush on Ellen Slater, as did all the young men who saw it back then. So that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there's some weird witch stuff in it, but other than that, that and I had a hard, had a hard time buying it on DVD. I, no, I sold my DVD for I a kind of glossed of over her uh, when she got there, how all of a sudden she became Clark Kent's cousin. They glossed over all that, I guess, because they could only afford Chris Reeve for one scene. Or did he even make the cut of the movie? <laughs> I, I don't I don't think he was even he's in it. In, but I He's not be... in it. It's all through Jimmy Olsen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see, that's how long it's been since I saw that. Yeah. You know, that's a hugely underrated comic book. Uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. I always think they should bring that one back. I, I love Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen. I got nothing. Jimmy Olsen kind of gets the <laughs> shaft. I like the I like the Argo City stuff in Supergirl. Uh, you know, a little different glimpse of uh, of Kryptonian history. I like that part. I probably haven't seen it since like 1985. So, <laughs> <laughs> so fresh in your memory, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I'd watch it three or four times before ever going back to Quest for Peace. <laughs> I, you know, to this day, I don't think I've ever made it through Quest for Peace. I don't know that I've ever seen the ending of it. It's, actually, this may be a spoiler for the worst, <laughs> but is Superman 3 actually a bad movie? Hmm. It, I remember it, loving that as a kid. The third act is really terrible. 
Yeah, uh, but I, I watched it not too too long ago, like maybe a year, year and a half ago. See, but part of me still thinks the toy is a good movie. So, <laughs> yeah, well, some things you shouldn't go back to. I've never rewatched the toy. <laughs> no, I have a feeling I would have find some stuff offensive in there that, as a kid, I never got. I, I think it's probably in the video store under the sign that says problematic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a just just a, war, a warning on it, a warning on it that says that it was a different time. <laughs> I mean, but the biggest movie today. I mean, they, they had an appearance of Manape, and you can't tell me that isn't. They didn't call him Manape, thank God. But <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Uh, speaking of Supergirl, since we got to speak about something, um, <laughs> I, I haven't watched the Legion of Superheroes episode of Supergirl yet. And you guys yeah. catch that? I didn't even know there was one, actually, to tell you the truth. Yeah. It doesn't sound good so far. <laughs> nice. It, so, the the it, Brainiac 5 is kind of... It, it hurts me right behind my right eye when I watch it. <laughs> it it's not... Yeah. Is he Did, green? Please tell me he's green. Uh, depending on the contrast on your TV, maybe. <laughs> so he didn't quite capture it, is what you're saying? I, he looks more like Indigo from the old Outsiders, Judd Winnick's run on Outsiders. <laughs> Ooh, that does not sound promising. Yeah, and and you know the actor they got the, I think what's his name Jesse Rath from used to do Defiance I think not a bad actor but just not not a good good fit and uh, hell as long as they had Bouncing Boy there I'm good. <laughs> well, oh, what direction to take that joke? <laughs> <laughs> I think most most of us fanboys are a little uh, on the rotund side. It, it, it would be great for me to see a bouncing boy because I feel like Ooh, I could play that. So, <laughs> I, I always loved how all bouncing boy stories were to prove how he wasn't lame. That was his one storyline. <laughs> that that was half the storylines for, for I think a lot of the Legion of Superheroes. It's just like, hey, look at my one power. I'm not lame. I met uh, I met Jim Shooter at the Calgary Expo last year, and he he told me we talked a bit about his uh, writing Legion of Superheroes, and he had a he had a chameleon boy story he wanted to do that was a chameleon boy's powers are actually insanely powerful, but he was always kind of you know turning into silly stuff. Uh, they, uh, Shooter's thing was like you know he can he can change size, he could change materials basically like. This guy was insanely powerful, and you know, no one ever did anything with those powers, as far as writing them. Well, when you when your go to character on a team is matter eating lad, he's got some <laughs> weird stuff going on. I mean, he was the only one who was useful, and that's such a weird thing to do, be able to do. But what a great name, matter eating lad! Like, how, how does that come up to you? <laughs> Well, uh, like I, don't, I just sit there, you know, sitting there in front of the front of the well typewriter, I guess back then, you know, the stone tablet, and and I'm like, hmm, what's a good name for a super matter eating lad? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I'm trying to imagine. Like, go ahead, Brett. Uh, I was just I immediately flash on the. Uh, um, Independence Day hot dog eating contest at Coney Island. And <laughs> I, was, I was like, well, I guess Joey Chestnut was already taken, but I figured that would be too obscure for people who don't watch uh, competitive eating, which uh, that also requires me to admit that I watch competitive eating. So, <laughs> And honest to God, honest to God as, a, as a Canadian, I had a pause where I'm like, I don't remember any eating competition in the movie Independence Day. <laughs> Try to remember where that scene was. <laughs> well, yeah, we 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 celebrate our freedom by stuffing hot dogs down our gullet. <laughs> we celebrate your freedom by watching movies with Will Smith, apparently, like the founders intended. <laughs> All right, you guys want to hear the top five? Yes, damn right. <laughs> All right. Save it. 
the number one movie, and I'm surprised by this, is The Crow. Nice. <laughs> Growing up on three of the lists and number two on one of them. Or two of them, sorry. Uh, so thanks to Brett not knowing the rules. Um, <laughs> the crew I glossed over points. that rule. Uh, even though it only showed up on two lists, number two is Superman 2, the theatrical cut or the luster cut, whatever you want to call it there, because uh, both the lists that it did show up on, it was number one, it has 10 points. Tank Girl is number three, uh, seven points. Uh, number four, showing up on three lists, with six points is Ghost World. And number five, showing up on two lists, but also with six points, is The Rocketeer. So what I really see here is uh, Crow, Superman 2, Tank Girl, Ghost World, Rocketeer. Um, kind of, I think, what we all expected, largely, um, the, the superheroes aren't what really are. And, and Crow, I suppose, is sort of a superhero. But, uh, you know, I mean... Uh, non-traditional properties like ghost world tank girl even rocketeer and crow um dominate the list in that period well i think in a lot of cases those movies were they were better because they weren't they didn't have to attempt to make a man fly i mean you know everybody i think i think the, a lot of the love of superman is also from the from the idea of superman but the but when you talk about like tank girl yeah it's based off a comic and it's a good movie like it's funny i mean Ghost World is just a really good movie. These would be good movies without having a comic attached. I think that's... And it is much easier. So, Brett Harris. Brett, um, <laughs> not Mr. Podcast, the other Brett. Brett, <laughs> uh, so The Crow is the winner, and you, like me, didn't even have it in your top five. Uh, why you know, is it you didn't, didn't place it uh, in your top five? What is it about it that didn't rate as high for you? Well, I, I, I'll be honest, see, I didn't know what the, the exact format was going to be, and I'd even ask Mo, I said, should I have some alternates ready in case somebody else picks them, like if we were going to go through a list? And it did. It was one of my alternates uh, that I was going to throw out. And honestly, uh, I, I loved the movie when it first came out. Uh, I thought it was absolutely spectacular. But on repeat viewings, you start to see the seams of where you know Brandon Lee wasn't able to finish it, and they try to you know, a lot of those scenes were the flashback, the love scenes that he didn't get to do. So they, these become kind of quick flashes that it doesn't really fill out the story as well as you would think. Um, the, the, and when you distill it down, it's just a revenge flick and, and don't get me wrong. There's some great revenge flicks out there, whether it was stuff from the seventies or kill bill, you know, Tarantino's kill bill, a good revenge flick can be great. Um, but, you know, they tend to be one note, you know, you know let, let's kill the bad guys for, for four hours right? or it makes it feel like four hours. Uh, so it just, upon repeat viewings, it, it, it lost interest, but uh, it is stylistic. It is beautifully done. It's got a great cast. There, there's a lot to recommend about it, but it just it hasn't held up for me over the years. So I think you really nailed exactly why I didn't put it on. I actually watched it probably about eight months ago and i remember throwing it in the blu-ray actually and i uh, picked up the blu-ray really cheap and i was like i can't wait to watch this i haven't watched this in so long and then yeah it's 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 stated uh, it hasn't aged well unfortunately it was you know those miniatures and the way they were doing things and the music and all that stuff at the time was was uh it captured a moment in time perfectly it really hit the hit hit the gen x um you know kind of culture that was emerging perfectly at the time but i don't i don't think that as a actual movie when you watch it now it it holds up as well so that brings us to you chris it's your favorite you have it at number one so if that's the case what what is your counter argument to us um i think for me it was a revolutionary film i never i don't think i'd ever seen uh miniatures used in that way when it came out and it was just cool i just remember it being really cool and i've seen the film probably a oh, hundred times. Um, He's not exaggerating, folks. <laughs> no, I, I watched I watched that film quite a lot, and I love Alex uh, uh, Alex Pyro Proyas. Proyas. I can never say his name. Um, never say anyone's name. No, never. Um, but I, I, it's a sentimental favorite, and that's what we're doing is is favorites and. 
that's when I can always go back. I can honestly say I pop into my DVD player quite often. And I don't even watch it anymore. It's just sort of there. I know it off by heart and it's just comforting. I also Brent, watch Bound, Bound a lot, what? but that's not on this list. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brett's fifth. <laughs> Brett, Brett. <laughs> uh, there's, no, there's nothing like good violent revenge in the background to make you feel comforted, too. It's... Yeah. <laughs> it's Mr. Fine. Brett, I asked. Hey, I could have said I've watched Pro 4. <laughs> well, make no doubt. I mean, the the other Crow movies, uh, the ones that I've seen, would would definitely have a place on a list. Just the other one, but uh, for me, um, I, I feel much the same as Chris. And I do remember back when the Crow came out, being you know so so enamored by the film, and and I think also just the just the sheer fact that it was it it took. A character that was so minor and made them so big, and that was really exciting from a comic book perspective. But I also remember going through. This was back in the early days when Mo and I had our store, when it was coming out on VHS, and this was the time before it was easy to get um, movies in a sell-through fashion, like for you know ten, twenty bucks at the store, and we were dealing with a distributor and we wound up paying $100, I think it was, for a copy of The Crow on VHS just because we wanted to get that movie so badly to watch it. And so, like, much like Chris, it's that same kind of idea of it's just such a sentimental favorite for me. And I, I actually think it was that. the first... Sorry, could I... Um... No, no, I just... I don't remember that at all, Brett. I think you may have stolen money from the store for this. I... <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, what were you going to say? I, I, I was just going to say, it's also the first movie I actually remember being able to pick up the graphic novel right afterward and read it after the movie. And I remember being astonished at both the differences and the similarities of the the movie to the comic book, I I don't think I'd ever actually ever experienced that before, where um, a movie was actually quite loyal to the spirit of the comic book. I don't think I'd ever seen that before. Really, you don't think Superman was? I no, not not to the page. I mean. It's different because Superman, you know, had had so much more to draw from. The Crow had had one. What? Rocketeer? Yeah, one... The Rocketeer. Well, I guess you're not familiar probably with the Rocketeer either. I never read. I, I never read the Rocketeer. I ever. I don't think. To this day, I don't. I think I've read like maybe an issue here, but I just remember being able to sit and watch the movie and read the comic book at the same time. And oh, there's Fun Boy and. Okay, well, Keith, you are like a massive <laughs> Superman fan, and yet huh? Superman, Superman Two, don't show up on either one of your lists. Correct. Um, why is that? Uh, I find them both uh, that I absolutely love the bulk of them, and then there's parts of them that I really don't like. Um, like the original Superman, the origin told of Superman, the first, you know half of the of that movie is still one of my favorite comic book things ever made and the third act is my one of still one of my least favorite comic book things i've ever made uh i i from the moment i from the time i saw it as like a 10 year old kid uh i saw that stupid flying backwards around the earth thing and thought <laughs> well that well that wouldn't work i was like 10 and i'm like that makes no sense like nothing happening right now makes any sense <laughs> and just despise the i just I, it's a total um deus ex machina ending of like i mean if he could do that why doesn't he do it all the time like there's no it was not any effort to it it's just oh i should turn back time and fix this and then you know like why wouldn't he do that just all of the time that's fix actually that <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually why i picked the the theatrical cut over the donner cut of two because the donner cut of two just uses the same same thing so i don't i there is superman has such a and movies has such a weird experience because the donner cut is a sequel to the version of superman that was never made mm -hmm. um and 
Superman Returns is a sequel to the Donner Cut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a weird series of movies. Uh, it, I, don't know, it, I guess there's listeners, so you know some of them might not know that the original plan for those two movies was that they were supposed to be a two-parter. Um, and Superman 1 was supposed to end on a cliffhanger to be continued. Um, and so the ending of 2 would be you know, turning back time to fix everything. Um, but <clears throat> the studio chickened out on doing a two-parter and get, made him put an ending onto the original Superman. Um, so that's why they're both kind of flawed from their core to me. Um, though, like I said, the origin of Superman told in that is one of the best, it's one of the best origins ever told in for a, for a superhero on in movies still today. So that's, that's why they're not on my list. I will say like, I, I mean, my list doesn't have any capes at all. And my thinking on that is really that until you get to Iron Man, um, but at least until the X-Men movies, there was a real tone of if they're a superhero, they have to be aimed at kids. You have to keep it really dumb because kids are dumb. Um, the source material isn't worth taking seriously. Like, There's just a lot of that in the Cape movies up until like the late 90s. Um, so that, that skews a lot of the list for me is that these other the ones I picked all took the subject matter um, as if they were adapting a book rather than as if they were adapting a, a kid's property. Well, that's a good point. I think that's a really good point. And then, you know, Brad Harris here is like the the most, uh, they're all superheroes. Superman 2, Batman, X-Men, Spider-Man, Superman. I mean, they're all uh, they're all capes. So, I mean, it's, it's actually really interesting. Um, Chris, you're the only one to put on Sin City, and you have it at number two. And Road to Perdition, which I would have had actually at number uh, number six or number seven, it was almost made my list. Um, so, why do you think you're the only one who appreciates Sin City so high? Um, I it's Frank Miller's been my favorite artist like forever. So to actually see once again, we're gonna I'm gonna be speaking about loyalty to the subject matter. You can read read the book or go to that movie. And virtually have the same experience. Um, I just remember, like, now I can share it. Like, I can tell people to see this movie and not have that comic book guy thing where you're holding a book and say, please read this so we can share it. Um, it, it was like, oh, oh my God, this, this thing I've been into forever is here. It is there. Everybody's seeing this. No, no, not everybody went to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great faithful adaptation though, and and a lot of the filmmaking techniques were unique for for. I, I can see why it would make somebody's list. I, I enjoyed it a great deal. Did it come close to anybody else's list? I think if I did this list again, it would have been in it. my. <laughs> it would have been in my top ten for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, you know what? I, I just I, I I think everything you said is right, Chris, and I like that movie too. Um, I actually thought it, I actually thought it could make more people's lists. Um, but yeah, I, Tank Girl. I mean, this was a this, number three here. I mean, I think that's really a, a kind of a surprise because it's. I mean, let's face it; it's, it's not even quite a cult classic. I mean, it was, you know, dark horse property that didn't didn't do all that well and and kind of disappeared, but. But, and the uh, creators, the creators of Tank Girl, even ate it. They they sued this. <laughs> they they sued the the production company. Awesome. Um, but I, I I love Lori Petty. I thought she was the perfect Tank Girl, and I laughed my ass off. And there's a song in the middle, which is basically my for any comedy that is the the judging mark. If there's a song right in the middle for no apparent reason. It gets my thumbs up of approval right there. Um, no, I, I. It's an absolute positive. No yeah, question. I I just love the movie, and it's it, once again, it's one I can go back to any time and just put on, and it makes me happy. I think this uh, list would have been a little bit different if we were judging on like what we thought were quality films, but we said favorite films, so. That's true. That's true. Tank Girl, I would say, is is the only one out of like all of the options presented where I 
I like the movie more than I'll ever like the comics. True. Yeah, I, I've never really like. I, I keep trying Tank Girl, and I'll, I'll make it a volume in, and then yeah, I'll get back to that someday. <laughs> now, how much of it is a, a love of Lori Petty? Because she was. It seemed like her career was kind of taking off, and then she did a League of Her Own, which really should have kind of catapulted her to star status. And yeah, they it kind of vanished after that. They they gave her the Lori Petty show, and if you ever actually saw it. You know why she went away rather quickly. <laughs> See, now I'm going to have to hunt that. I, I, I believe the moniker was from the writers of the Pauly Shore show. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, and, and, and I would say it's, it's like 60% Laurie Petty and, and 40% a young Naomi Watts. That's my. Yeah, I, and, I thought Naomi Watts was amazing in that movie. Let's no, I can't face. get past when I think of that movie. All I think of is iced tea as a kangaroo. <laughs> that's a, that's the best sales pitch you could ever give, Mo. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I know. I would I would be <laughs> that, in just for that because for that, that just explains how wacky that is. And and if you're looking for wacky, like I think the three of us are, then all in. Yeah, you know, kangaroos aren't monkeys. I hate to break that to you, but they're close. So, of course, I'm going to love it. So, <laughs> they're, they're marsupial, right? As I started to speak, that hit me with exactly what you had just said. They're monkeys. You were the only guy, and I'm really surprised by this because I actually thought this could win the whole thing. And then instead, you're the only one to put it on your list at all for it to show up. And that's American Splendor. You know, the funny thing is, is that. I just watched American Splendor recently because um, last year I started. Uh, I I dragged I dragged all of my Harvey P car with me camping, and then and read them all, and then watched American Splendor shortly afterwards. The and the reason why it went so high is because like I'm actually not that big a fan of Harvey P car's work, but. What it came down to was that I think the movie is so inventive and interesting, and and it really, the way it, this is one of those cases where it is almost that concept of, like, quality pushed it into, into my top five, because for a comic book movie, it's so radically different in its own way, much like his work, it is the perfect, you know, combination of the two. For me, I think Ghost World took that spot. I couldn't put both American Spend, uh, Splendor and Ghost World on the same list somehow. Hmm. I mean, it's fair because they're, I mean, like, Ghost World is amazing and I did it, but uh, <laughs> put them on the same list. But, but I mean, I love Ghost World too. And, and I love Ghost World because it is quality and I also love the movie. And quite frankly, if I thought Crumb was a, uh, eligible for this list, it would edge out Ghost World, so. And Crumb was not eligible, but, uh, yeah. I know, but I like bringing out Crumb anytime I can. Mm-hmm. It's live action, though. Mm-hmm. I, gotta, I gotta be honest, I, I Ghost World did not hit my list um, for the simple reason that I have never seen it. Uh, so <laughs> that, that did limit where it, would, uh, where it would land on my list. I, I oh, confess, the, I, I haven't seen it either. So. <laughs> Nor read the comic. I, I, that one is completely <laughs> off my radar. Well, if you like creepy uh, Steve Buscemi, it's, there's a movie for you to watch. You, you just have to say Steve Buscemi. The creepy yeah, yeah, that's a little redundant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it is creepy. It is extra creepy, though. <laughs> extra creepy Steve Buscemi. That, that narrows it a little bit. That's you, you, not, had, not, you not, not as creepy Steve as Crumb himself, but yeah. Oh no, no, Crumb Crumb is definitely the movie that, that like gives me that sick feeling in the pit of my stomach when I watch it. So Keith So if if that's what so, you're so looking Mo. for, then Crumb should have been on the list. Keith, your number two and your number one made nobody else's list. Uh, the Punisher, which Thomas Jane, which I, I think sucks, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> 
I like the Punisher Warzone a lot more. I think Warzone, Warzone didn't qualify. It had come out after uh, after the yeah. cutoff. I, but I, mean, I would someday love to compare those two movies and do a show about on that. But but I, uh, I, if we're going to do that, we have to do if, all three the, uh, all three uh, full length. Yeah, we'll, Punisher. We'll we'll make a Punisher. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Well, if, see, if, for- if Punisher Warzone had qualified, it would have made my worst. In fact, it might have been like <laughs> number two of my worst list. Oh, I love that. Uh, but okay, I, I'll have to watch them again, maybe too. But I'll also watch the Lundgren just for the black hair. I just love. <laughs> right, so- you can play the video game too. Oh yeah. Okay, so keep <laughs> the Punisher and V for Vendetta. What's your uh, What's your thinking on those? Well, the Punisher is my favorite. Is uh, my favorite uh, Marvel comic character. Um, my uh, my favorite. D- I mean, Superman being my second favorite DC character. Uh, the, my first favorite still has not had a theatrical film, uh, and uh, so I mean, there was there's that. But I I just enjoy the film, and um, there's goofy stuff in it. But there's goofy stuff in a lot of these movies. Um, the uh, but I thought his characterization of Punisher is one of the one of the better versions we've seen um, where he really, he has a, he has a motivation. It's uh, it's not pure vengeance. There's a depth to the character. Um, the, uh, I will say the, the extended cut is significantly better than the theatrical um, as, as is want to happen. Um, I say that's the case with daredevil. I, yeah, I mean, Daredevil wouldn't be in my top thirty, probably, but uh, I will agree that the theatrical is significantly better than the than or the uh, the director's cut extended is the is significantly better than the theatrical of Daredevil. As as a general rule of thumb, I've always found that director's cuts are a little bit better because they they it's usually character bits or plot bits mm-hmm. that get trimmed out by the producers. Yeah. So. Lord of the Rings being the exception. <laughs> Um, that just makes it longer. <laughs> I, I would love to watch those again. Unfortunately, I just uh, don't have three weeks to invest. In <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I I looked into uh, you know I was I I I have a I have an enjoyment of uh, fan edits and uh, there is one of the Hobbit that cuts all three Hobbit movies down. <laughs> um, and I thought about it and like yeah, but I'd still have to watch some of the Hobbit. <laughs> even even cutting like three movies down to four hours was like where it should have been to start with. Still got to watch four hours of The Hobbit, so it's a non-starter. So, Brad Harris, uh, once again, Superman two, Batman, X Men, Spider Man, Superman, all capes. What's the uh, what do you think is the common theme uh, that makes these for you your favorite uh, movies of the era? Yeah, I. I just love revisiting those since it was favorites and not necessarily better films. I mean, yeah, Road to Perdition is probably a better film. Sam Mendes is a you know better director than a lot of these guys in terms of you know painting a picture with light on on, on the screen. But you know, I just I really enjoy rewatching some of these. Uh, if I if I'm gonna pop in a, a superhero movie, it, chances are it's gonna be one of those, uh, unless. Uh, I'm doing homework, and I did watch a, several really bad movies last couple of days to do homework, and uh, just reinforces it, it's nice to pop in Spider-Man or X-Men or, or Superman or Batman. So uh, there's there's just that uh, friendliness. Uh, some of it is nostalgia because of how old I was when I saw them, and the others are uh, the first time you really get to see bigger takes on Superman and Batman beyond the television versions that uh, from the 50s and the 60s, so... Uh, and of course, X Men. Who who ever expected to see X Men on the screen when I first started reading comics? Um, it was just stunning. So uh, I, I'm willing to wager most of it is nostalgia field. And- Honestly, I was really I was going back and forth on whether an X Men movie should end up on my list because um, it is my that is now my favorite of the uh, of the three shared universes is the X Men movies. Uh, and I have a lot of fondness for most of the X movies. So uh, I just not, one didn't settle into their top five, but um, you know, as a series, it was my certainly my my favorite. Like that got got sequels. And I had X two as my number two. I mean, I, I think it's fantastic. I mean, that's to me 
I mean, I'm not a huge Wolverine fan, but that was the movie where I went, oh, yeah, that, I get why this character is so popular. I thought, you know, really just excellent work in that one. I, I just thought it all came together after the first one just being okay, just being all right. Like, uh, I loved X2. And you and I are also, Keith, are the only ones who, who really uh, had the Rocketeer on here. Um, mm-hmm. What is it? I mean, I think it's it's a, it's a movie. It wasn't a hit at the time, and it's never found its popularity again. And it, like some of these do, and it's I, it's kind of I just don't understand why it didn't connect and doesn't connect to, in a larger fashion because mm-hmm. it's, it's funny, it's action packed, it's romantic, it's actually suitable for kids. It's it's um, and, you know, and it's, mo, mo full yeah. disclosure, um, I had I actually had Blade on my list, and then you said Rocketeer. I'm like, oh, I can't. Rocketeer has to be on this list. <laughs> so I, I, Blade, Blade is my number six because it got bumped out. Well, that, uh, that, that's the one. I couldn't believe Blade made nobody's list. But I, I was actually, I actually had Blade as one of my alternates. I, I was going to yeah. put it on there, and I, I figured it would make somebody's list just because of uh, there's all this talk of Black Panther now, you know, first black superhero movie, and of course – no, <laughs> you know that you have to know. add a lot of qualifiers to that to make them the, <laughs> the first one. Yeah, yeah. but um, and, and also you know they they did the same thing with Deadpool a couple of years ago, first R rated you know uh, superhero movie. <laughs> well, uh, Blade again. So, uh, but again, it, it and that whole trilogy is up and down in terms of quality. Uh, but I, I was really surprised that uh, it, it didn't make somebody's list either. Uh, so I'm glad to know somebody it was the first one that uh, it was the first one in the modern era. And after all these years of, you know, for many, many years, we saw these, these films fail, like just cause they didn't get the property and they didn't stick close to it. It was the first one where it's like, okay, they got the property stuck close to it. It, it kind of showed the potential once again, the superhero films could reach. Cause even a movie like Batman, which is successful, there's a lot of things that, that stuck in the craw of comic book fans you know, uh, even on the first one that, that Blade didn't. Uh, maybe oh, yeah, we were there. We were just happy to have, like, something close. Like, ju- we were just happy to have, like, the costume right yeah. on Batman. <laughs> it was just, yeah, they got the costume right. That's all we need. Like, now, I mean, n- nowadays they get it, get 99% of it right, and it's it's a world of wonder, but I mean, hell, I remember watching Avengers and babysitting and just being thrilled that we had a little girl dressed as Thor. Um, <laughs> um, or better off dead. They had a poster of silver surfer. I must like just in the background. And that was enough to make me happy. I called that a comic book movie at one time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this is a weird segue, but since you, you brought up Thor, uh, in the Marvel Connected Universe, you know, they had set up Tim Blake Nelson to become the leader. And, of course, he was in um, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Is it just me, or would you love him to come back as the, the leader just to look at Thor and say, I thought you was a toad? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know that's an obscure Thor joke in the comic <laughs> books. It has nothing to do with the, the thing here, but that would just tickle me. And I didn't know... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we have a better final thought than that. <laughs> I love this episode. That is your. I think that is the final thought. I was going to ask for final thoughts, but why? Why? <laughs> well, <laughs> the There's no point. It's now. all been said. <laughs> it's all been said. It's all been said. Keith, uh, go ahead and do your plugs, and Brett, uh, go ahead and do your plugs. Keith, you first, and then then Brett, please. Uh, your little segment called "Plug Your Shit." Sure. <laughs> I. I have a uh, YouTube channel called Minimalist Collector, and I have just relaunched my website as minimalistcollector.com. I am uh, I write and do videos about the uh, the tension between being someone who collects and is involved in a lot of superhero and comic and uh, pop culture fandoms, uh, but does not want to be collecting up a whole bunch of stuff, filling up my house with uh, physical things. So that's what I'm writing about a lot, and uh, slow living as well. Uh, starting to uh, to think about changes in my lifestyle. Visit those things. And uh, I'm Brett Harris, and 
I'm a writer. Uh, I did uh, Adventures in Pulp, which was uh, named uh, Best Digital Comic of the Year uh, by Pipe Dream Comics uh, back in 2015. Uh, they're still available on Comixology, and all the money is uh, still going to the artist who worked on that. I also contributed to the Women of Darby Pop uh, Anthology One-Shot, uh, which is uh, still available uh, online at uh, Comixology. And I'm currently working on a... Um, Create our own book um, called The Outer Worlds with uh, Ivan Castillo of um, of um, Conquest Art Designs. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll be rolling out a, um, a preview issue of that pretty soon. All right, and and uh, you know, Keith, Keith, don't you have a comic coming out? I do. Uh, it's uh, if if all goes well, we'll be launching a a one shot at the Calgary Panel One Festival. I'm working with a local artist named uh, Jillian Dolan, and we are doing a comic called Misha. Uh, and in this comic, someone punches a bear. Well, Bruce is in. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to yeah. say, I'm in. Are there any monkeys, though? You've got to save something for the sequel, Brett. Oh, is it yeah. a cy- cyborg bear? And, of course, Brett and I are also working on a graphic novel, uh, Kings of the Strip about an 80s hair metal band and uh, their reunion tour. Uh, and uh, it will be due out sometime in 2027. Uh, I believe the way things are going. What do you think, Brett? <laughs> Clocking in at about 5,000 pages. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I assume 2027 yeah. will be just fine. I know that one. We're up, that? We're, up to, we're up to 20 pages for our six-page story. Yeah, so I know I know the, I know the, the challenge. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, but... You, you you're not paying a guy who's worked for IDW and uh, and Image and everything like that to do the book for you. Nope, I mean debt forever. <laughs> <laughs> but JC Grande is fantastic, so we're lucky to have him. Um, so yeah, so Chris, you're the only one without a comic book now at this point. Yep. Get off your ass. Huh? <laughs> Make it happen, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and we have just started, uh, for those of you, uh, like I say, we're going to be back. We're going to be doing a lot more of these. We've just started uh, uh, doing uh, reviews on the website. We talk podcasts. We talk comic reviews, written reviews of, of books. So, uh, you know, you can send us your book. And, uh, and there's a lot. And hope, hopefully it'll be one of the ones we get to. Or if you want to, uh, you know, review some books, uh, you can contact us uh, on on Twitter. We are uh, we talk podcasts. Pretty hard to remember. So uh, that's about it. And uh, we'll see you again real soon.